Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about insights into effective account-based marketing trends for 2022. And it's with none less than Shira Abel, the CEO and founder of the marketing and design agency Hunter and Bard, who is an expert in this topic. And I'm really looking forward to the discuss this with you. So welcome to our podcast, Chira. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are so happy to have you on and uh, really excited to talk with you. And yeah, before we dive into ABM and trends around that, I know you're the founder and CEO of an agency based in the Bay Area. And yeah, can you tell us a little about your background and what you're up to these days before we dive into ABM? Yeah, so I've been in the Bay Area for seven years, but before that, um, I was in Israel for 17 years. So big background in tech, hardcore tech, and, uh, and B2B primarily. And so when, I, when we moved back over to the Bay, when I moved back to the States, um, my focus went over to enterprise. It's just the most interesting sale in my opinion and um and where i like to focus uh our marketing so as an agency we focus on selling to enterprise and abm because you need high quality focused work and you get to think about the process and think about the customer you get the time mm. yeah i agree interesting so b2b and running an agency in, uh, in the Bay Area now, focusing on enterprise ABM. Awesome, mm-hmm. so interesting. And the Bay Area have been the focal point for the tech world for many, many years, and still is, still is, I would say, to a large extent, even though we see tech hotspots in Austin and Miami and so forth these days as well. And, and also you are coming along a little bit in the tech space, even though, all the unicorns, or at least a majority of them are still American-based companies. So yeah, you have a really good viewing spot of the industry emerging there, especially in enterprise tech. So if we go to that question now, what is it you see these days within ABM? We've been talking about ABM for a few years now in marketing and B2B marketing and so forth. But yeah, what's going on there? Uh, what's your predictions for ABM coming uh, for the next year if we just start on the top level here? There's two areas of ABM that seem to be getting a lot of focus right now. One is on the one-to-one. So there's companies like, um, oh, I want to say Intro2 is their name. I just came across them the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are hyper-focused ads where you pick the name of the person that you're looking to serve the ad to and where they're at and they find them online and serve them the ad. Okay, hyper, hyper, hyper focus. So that's also, and also a lot of direct mail, right? Um, 
there's there's let's see all pretty much every like postal io and all the others just raised funding in the past two months so that's been a big focus mm. and so on the very 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 focused side there's a lot of um there's a lot of innovation and then on the scale side right so there's you've got the terminus you've got the demand bases you've got all the ones going on the scale side as well and then you've got the connectors because all of the different things are siloed it's good to be able to connect everything together. And this is all on the tech side because mm -hmm. ABM itself is a strategy. It's it's not a tech stack, right? You could do ABM without any specific tech. Well, you could do ABM with Outlook and, you know, and LinkedIn and just doing the settings and, and direct mail and doing everything hyper, hyper focused. Mm -hmm. It's a sales marketing play. So you could do it without a lot of tech, but you could also build the tech in. Our recommendation is always to go granular and then scale over with the tech because you learn more that way in our opinion and from our findings, but you've got tech to work on both sides and you've got scaling capabilities as well when you're ready for that. Mm. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yes, yes, so interesting. What, what do you think are, when you, you know, work with your clients in your agency and so forth and help them do stuff <laughs> in order to bring in clients or, you know, produce great marketing campaigns, etc. What do you see is the most challenging questions your clients, uh, CMOs or marketeers in different levels are wrestling with today when they try to set up ABM campaigns or place or whatever you call it? We call them programs. Oh, and, and, um, and we generally work with uh, directors of product marketing, uh, product marketing managers, and, uh, and sales. So mm. we'll work with, um, we work between the two groups, because of course, we have to interview sales, also customer success, in order to make sure that the closed win ends up being an expand play, right? So you have to make sure that they're a good fit. And um, I'm sorry, could you ask the question again? Yeah. What do you think is the most pressing challenges when trying to execute ah. on ABM campaigns? The most pressing challenge is figuring out exactly who the customer is, mm. right? So you'll have an idea of, you may, you may or may not have an idea of who's in the buying committee. So you get to interview sales and find out who is in the buying committee. And then once you find out who's in the buying committee, you have to figure out exactly what each person in the buying committee is looking for, right? And what their emotional action trigger is. From the emotional action trigger, you can give them the stats to back that up so that they could sell it to the other divisions or the other departments or the other people that they need to in order to get the actual deal to go through. Um, but the people, because that's that's what ABM is, right? It's account-based marketing. And you're, you're figuring out each individual in each account that you need to find their pain and help them heal it. Yeah, yeah. So is that where you start? Can, can you break it down a little bit for us? When you start working towards setting up a program together with sales, product marketing, and, and, uh, and so forth, uh, in order to, to execute on a really targeted ABM campaign, do you always start with a, with a 
client persona or, or the end user persona in, um, in perspective? Or where do you start? Where do you set the, the scenes, let's say, when you work with them? We start with interviewing sales. Hmm. And then we, um, we interview customer success because sales may find a sale to a certain customer may go faster, but then customer success may find this one is actually more successful in the end because we can expand it more than the others. So you combine those, the information from both of those in order to find out who the absolute ideal customer is. And then you build out the personas from there. And you also go looking for, you build the list. Mm. Right. And, and you map out the buying committee. Yeah. Great. And since you're, you know, primarily working with tech companies and SaaS companies and things like that, how often do you actually, yeah, I mean, how many times do you as an external consultant come up with insights around who their actual best target buyers or ideal client profiles are uh, that oh, they haven't realized? Constantly. Okay. Yeah, yeah because, because we will get um, we get a vendor email, so we'll be the ones sending it under their company name, mm -hmm. and then from there we can take the analytics from you know from everything that we're doing. Right? We'll we'll put the ads onto LinkedIn. We'll we'll send out the emails. We'll send out the direct mail. We'll design the entire program as well as all the materials for it. So, and we constantly test if an email outbound went out and had a low open rate, we'll change the subject line in order to see if we can raise that up, right? Mm. Okay. And there's yeah. constant testing. Mm. Yeah. And with the constant yeah. testing, there's constant learning. Um, I just gave, I just did the class for marketing profs and I explained in one of our case studies, we found that, um, we found that when we were selling to Fortune 1000 to 750, it was managers opened the emails, but it was directors who opened less, but replied more. And in Fortune 750 to 500, managers opened and replied. And directors opened less and replied less. So we realized that that, that changed all of the marketing towards this particular market because we realized that managers at a larger company, which makes sense, right? But you don't think about it when you're putting all of it together. You don't think to segment necessarily that deep. Um, at least we didn't before this. Uh, managers from say 750 to 500, significantly larger company, they'll have more budget and more responsibilities. It's, a, you know, it's the equivalent of a director at a smaller firm. So, and small, 1,750 is not exactly small, right? But this is what we found. Um, and so that changed our messaging. And then of course, when we see what action trigger gets someone to, what emotional action trigger gets someone to open an email, well, that ends up affecting how we do everything else as well. And, and in our briefs, when we're creating a messaging brief in the middle of a, uh, when we start a program, we also go, okay, what's the emotional, trigger for each action. So what emotion are we trying to trigger in order to get the, um, in order to get a response? Mm, yeah, great. What, when you design these campaigns, uh, do you typically, 
help the company set the messaging or do you think yes. most companies today yeah <laughs> because they they i mean each solution today have trying to find their own positioning and so forth but do you find yeah need to be creative and finding new spaces and new messaging uh, paths that can trigger these emotional reactions from the buyers i suppose that's very important to to get right i mean we write all of the materials will design all the materials, but of course the client has to review and approve all the materials. Mm -hmm. So um, nothing, nothing goes through without approval. So what we do is from there, yes, we will write everything. We will look at what else is on the market and go accordingly. Although most of the time, quite frankly, our clients are very well aware of everything else that's out there. And while we'll come up with the emotional messaging, they'll help us fine tune it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And when you have mapped out the buying committee and, you know, you're ready to launch the campaign, what does the, do you have an example which channels and which interaction points that uh, are successful where you have done a one-to-few or one-to-one campaign that actually have, you know, moved the buying committee to, to take steps towards your clients, so to say, can you have any examples or, or, uh, oh, we have a few. Uh, yeah. We did one. We did. Um, we did an ABM program that was a one to one. Mm -hmm. Now, one to one is small numbers because you're writing each individual email, right? Each one is focused. But we were able to. We made um, over thirty percent of our goal over our goal. Mm -hmm. So that was a successful awesome. campaign. We yeah. work with what we also do in all of our programs is that we work with sales the whole way through. Mm. So we may do an introduction and a, and a, I'm doing air quotes, handoff, but it's not really a handoff, right? Because we're gonna meet with sales every week and find out where the sale is, what materials they may need, and do they need a script? Do they want, uh, you know, has it stalled? If it's stalled, what else can we do to get it go back up again? So we work with them the whole way through to closed win. Oh, that's awesome. So, so uh, it's not only to knock on the door and, and get the first dialogues going, it's actually also nurturing the whole process and, and uh, providing cover and, and support through the negotiations as well. Yeah, we're, I describe us as sales obsessed marketers mm -hmm. and, uh, and we like to see that win. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great. I think that's a very good label to it. <laughs> to put on, on yourself as well, because it is true that, you know, in marketing, we need to work very closely to, with the sales team and, and together, we, we need to play as a soccer team, you know, we yeah. need to win together. We can't win on, on our Alone. own. Exactly. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. So um, what do you think is the key element of a successful ABM campaign to... to yeah, to one to few or one to 
uh, one to one or, or those really highly targeted enterprise campaigns. Do you see any common factors that you have identified as successful or, or success factors, I'd say? Targeting, but also don't forget the expanding after the accounts already been done. We did, um, uh, we've done net new, which I described. We've also done um, expanding accounts. So that's where we get the list from the client of their current accounts. And we work with them to re-engage the customer and expand the accounts. And the last one, we, the last program we did, we actually doubled our number. Mm. So post-sale marketing is really important and seems to get forgotten or underestimated, but it's, it's, it's great. It works. <laughs> yeah. And is that, so you can, uh, you know, uh, get the solution you're representing and, and promoting, of course, to, to spread in the organizations and to get more licenses or, you know, seats sold and so forth. Or, or how, do you, how do you do a successful post-sale campaign? What's the messaging you're focusing on there? So it depends. You could either do it where you're selling to different divisions, but you could also do it where you're selling more items or more, more solutions to the divisions you're already working with. Um, both of them take different types of messaging because mm -hmm. one of them is, hey, you already know us for this. Did you know that we also offer these things? And mm -hmm. then the other one is, hey, you may not know us, but we're working with this other division and we're doing a great job. So um, it just depends, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're never going to put exactly that type of messaging in there, but you want to make sure that they understand um, that you're already familiar with them and can offer them a solution to work with them as well. Although usually on the on the expanding to other divisions, that actually ends up going more through um, a network than it does where one person goes, hey, I'm working on this. What are you working on for that? Oh, we're using this. So I mean, we ended up, we're working with um, multiple enterprises and are in multiple divisions of the enterprise. And that was all through word of mouth. Mm, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think you're totally right. We, we sometimes we hand off the lead, or or you know, uh, we're at the close at the latest, and then we forget to run the post sale campaign and and mm -hmm. to actually harvest the accounts better with marketing support, and not only leaving the sales guys to to run it uh, on the on their own, so to say. So awesome insights there, really good. And how how would you? If you're the marketing manager of a some kind of enterprise solution targeting, you know, a little bit larger companies, how would you divide your budget between focused ABM campaigns and broader demand gen? So let's say where, where would you spend your budget or your, most of your initiatives? And yeah, how would how would you play that? So I think it I think where it goes depends on your ACV. If your ACV, if your annual contract value. Mm -hmm. is you know below 50k and it can't really expand so if you're not doing a land and expand and you can't expand to be over half a million or a million a year if you do not have account executives and you don't have sales engineers abm is not for you don't bother with it it's it it will be too expensive and it will not make sense so stick with the hardcore demand gen and you know maybe sdrs and bring people in more that way rather than um, a high ACV, ACV deal 
which from there, if you have a high ACV deal, I would actually focus more on brand mm -hmm. and on ABM, because these are the two things that are going to end up affecting the sale the most, your reputation and how you focus on the customer. Awesome. So <clears throat> that's, that's a great insight. So every company need to position themselves on the, the scale, ACV yeah. scale, I suppose, Nana, and mapping where they should put their primary focus. And maybe yeah. have a small part on dream clients or you know high potential clients or something like that, but and go after them with ABM. But yeah, makes sense. Great. If it's a smaller company, you know, I mean they need to, if it's a if it's a smaller startup or a scale-up, put your focus into what's going to bring you the best ROI and the most numbers so that you could raise the next round. Mm. If yeah. you're an enterprise, then you can you have freedom to play around more because you have more budget. Mm. Yeah, you can take more risks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, do you think it's it's common mistake to to jump on the ABM bandwagon, so to say, and, and invest in that even though it's really not a good fit? Have you come across companies? Is that common for you? Or do you more see it the other way around that too few companies invest in ABM? Um, I would say that it's, common to kind of say you're doing or want to do ABM without understanding the high ACV part of it as being a real contingent and important aspect of it because ABM has become such a buzzword. Um, I think that a lot of companies are getting more interested in ABM and quite frankly, sales teams you know, for high ACV accounts have been doing a form of it forever because that's how they hunt. Mm. <laughs> but now they're doing a better job of it because they're actually working with marketing on the messaging to go out. When the both teams work together, you get a significantly stronger result and a more successful, um, a more successful sale. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. What we did and a, smoother, and a sorry and a smoother sale. Let me add that one as well. They we found um, from the sales teams that we've been working with that the sales are significantly smoother through the ABM play. Mm, yeah, great. Uh, let's go into a little bit uh, of the back end part here. We, we mentioned it previously in the beginning here, but uh, when we did the pre uh, research here for the for the for the episode. We came across an interview you did, um, I think it was some kind of MarTech <laughs> blog or magazine, uh, where you mentioned that, maybe it was one or two years ago, that you said that you consider modern IBM as a way to make your top 300 customers feel like they're your top 20 customers. I think that mm -hmm. was really, really good explanation, you know, how to use personalization tools and IBM technology stacks and things in order to, to be able to communicate to them on a much more intimate level, so to say. What do, you, what do you think is the best way to actually be able to accommodate that process? What do you see is the best tools to set up for a company who's fairly new into the ABM journey and where should they start? So again, start at the granular, but once you have the learnings from the granular, take that to the next level and then you start to scale out. That's when you bring in the technologies. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so once you've done a one-to-one -one 
and you've tested a bunch of different things and you figured out what message resonates best because you could do that with one-to-one a lot easier than you can with the one-to-many. Um, from there, you take it and you start to scale it and you do more tests as you do the one-to-few. And the technologies I we bring in often would be follows and terminus or demand-based depending on the client and if they may already have it. Um, Bombora, Sixth Sense, because you want to get the intent data. You've got, um, let's see, what else? We've got Crystal that gives us the psychographic data. Uh, we have a, a whole host of tools mm -hmm. <laughs> that we end up using in order to segment, focus, and understand the person that we are speaking to on the other side. Uh, so there's a lot out there. Um, and it just depends on, you know, a lot of the time, it's also a matter of what's the easiest to integrate if we're working with an enterprise, right? Yeah. Some of them want everything integrated, so it has to go through their corporate and some don't want anything integrated because they don't want it to go through corporate. So we handle the tech stack. It just depends. Mm. Yeah. So you actually run the tech stack for, for your clients outside their enterprise setup, more or less. Yes, we can. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, from a team perspective, what would you say is the most important skill set to have on your team for 2022? if you want to run effective ABM campaigns? Trust, trust and safety. You need to feel like you can fail and not be fired because you need to be able to test and you are not gonna be able to test without failure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> not everything you test is gonna turn out to be perfect. So uh, I would say trust and, uh, and safety and the freedom to fail. We did a program um, with one of our clients and not a single deal came through. This does happen. It turned out we were going after the wrong audience. Um, the interviews we had were not as fruitful as we had hoped. So we adjusted. We're like, okay, this isn't working. What do we need to fix? And we went and dived deeper and found the right audience. But if we had only been given that one opportunity, we wouldn't have gotten to the one to the program that we did later, which doubled the numbers of the goal. So you need to have you need to be able to test, you need to be able to fail, and you need to be able to fix. Mm. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, <laughs> it's it's probably extremely important to to try to test. And, and try new things in, in this very fast moving environment, which marketing yeah. is going through right now. So I agree. And I mean, we also get, we also get tests from customers um, where say one industry has never brought them a deal, but they wanna see maybe if we try ABM with them, will this work? Um, it brought one opportunity so, you know, it, but basically it was considered a dud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we tested it, you know, yeah. it's, it's always good to test. It's important to test. Yeah. You just need to get the buy-in from your client as well on, yes. on, on that. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's great when they do, because I think that's payoff in the long term, of course, since they get wiser and you can fine tune the next campaign even better. And of course, yeah, results will come. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So what, if we should summarize this awesome dialogue uh, we have had around all these insights you have for a tech marketing company, for a tech marketeer uh, working with enterprise market, you know, what's the single most important advice they should bring with them for the next year, 2022 now, when setting up their programs or starting thinking out about the marketing plan for next year, what would you like to say to them? <laughs> Make friends with sales. <laughs> yeah. Sales yeah. is a very big part of this. Work with sales, listen to sales, talk to sales, sit in on sales calls. Mm. And understand and get the full picture and not only yes. innovate in, in a vacuum on the market. Yes, board. yes. Yeah. Also, sit in on customer success calls. Mm right? Listen in to everything that's going on on both sides of the deal from pre to post sale, because you need to do the post sale marketing. Do not forget the post sale marketing. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Great insights. Shira, this was an awesome dialogue we had. Uh, I hope everybody listening in have really understood these very important topics and, and points and, and can bring them with them, because I will. I know a lot of people would probably be interested to learn more about all these insights and things. So where can I send them in the show notes uh, if they want to check out you or your agency more? So they can reach out at hunterandbard.com, H-U-N-T-E-R-A-N-D-B-A-R-D.com. Or they can connect me on LinkedIn. Please reference the show if you do that. And the other thing is I'd like to offer anyone listening um, write to me and get our ABM playbook. So just write in and we'll send you our ABM playbook ungated. Awesome. Yes. Let's download that ABM playbook. I mean, uh, who wouldn't like an ABM play that works <laughs> <laughs> to copy and use? So thank you so much for that. Well, it was awesome talking to you and Shira, I wish you all the best with uh, Hunter and Bard and uh, all the things you're up to. So thank you so much for your time and uh, let's catch you on the flip side. Thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.